Knowledge is the fuel that powers intelligent buying and selling. So get a quick recharge with me, Ron Edwards, Master Sommelier and Director of Wine Education for Winebow, Fine Wine, and Spirits. Welcome back to WineSmart. Today we're going to talk about the Dundee Hills AVA in Willamette Valley, Oregon. This area was set apart basically by geologic evolution to be a great place to grow grapes. But nobody really explored that potential until the late 1960s. Dundee Hills itself as an AVA is about 28 miles southwest, that's 45 kilometers of Portland, in the northern half of the Willamette Valley leaning towards the west. It's an island of hills essentially in the middle of the valley formed when the Cascade Mountains were being created through massive volcanic eruptions and, and uplift of land and these large lava flows came down the mountains and into what was then the seabed floor. That lava flow then formed basalt layers up to a thousand feet or 305 meters thick. The Dundee Hills is one of those flows that has been eroded through time and is was surrounded by softer material that uh, allowed the valley to form around it. That island of hills is now a weathered basalt outcropping where the top, the soil layer, are composed of a couple of different soil series. One is Jory, and Jory soils are the actually the Oregon State soil, and they are a fairly deep, highly weathered, relatively old and small-grained, but excellent water-retaining soil, which is good because in Oregon, most of the rain happens in the winter, which means in the summer, you need the soil to hold on some moisture. The other soil series that's similar but not quite the same is Nikia, and it is um, still basalt-based, but it's younger, it's less degraded, and it's more shallow in most cases, and it has larger grains. It also retains water well, and so those are both great, and they both exist, and there's a little bit of variation on that. This is probably an oversimplification, but those are the ones you can count on. So once the uplift of the Cascades had finished, um, and the dry valley formed, uh, partly through uplift of seabed, so alongside of this Appalachian, you end up with other soils that are actually um, uplifted sandstone from the seafloor, but Dundee is about the Jory soils and the Kia soils. So we formed a valley, and then um, much later in time, the Missoula floods happened. And this is when a large glacial dam up in the mountains um, on the edge of Montana burst, running through Columbia Valley, sloshing into Willamette Valley. And what it left behind was a lot of uh, waterborne silt and deposit. That only got up to 200 feet of elevation in the Willamette Valley. And so it formed a line in the Dundee Hills, 200 feet and below, you have Missoula flood silts. That's about 61 meters of elevation. And then above, it's all of the volcanic materials. And so when the AVA line was formed for Dundee Hills, they drew it at 200 feet or above. That way they could ensure that any wine being grown in Dundee Hills is going to be grown on the basalt-based soils of Jory and Nakia and, and their families. The peak of the Appalachian uh, actually goes all the way up to 1,067 feet or 325 meters. So there is some variation of elevation here. Not enough to be saying we're growing in high elevation, but enough to make sure you have some benefits from being on an elevated area. And they are these. When you have that lowland surrounding you, the one of the first and most important factors is that frost risk is minimized. So that colder, more humid air that is going to 
cause frost problems sinks into the valley and off of Dundee Hills, and that means that the frost happens below most of the vineyards. The other interesting thing that happens because this is an island of hills and it's not a single ridge line is that you have this diversity of aspect of vineyards so they can face the sun in different directions. You have you have morning light focused vineyards, you have afternoon light focused vineyards options, and you have equal measures of both. You have uh, ridges that face more towards the north, you have ridges that face more towards the south. And, and this is a very important thing as we start to consider what the climate of Willamette's going to be in the future to have variations on that theme. The size and scope of the AVA is not huge, but notable. According to the Dundee Hills Wine Association, the AVA itself encompasses 6,490 acres. That's 2,626 hectares. There are more than 50 wineries and vineyards combined that call this AVA home. And then when you look at guildsom.com, it, it says that these vineyards cover about 2,225 acres or 900 hectare. It is the most densely planted AVA within Willamette Valley. As I mentioned at the very beginning, all this great potential, the right kind of soils, the right kind of water retention, the right climate, everything was pointing towards uh, Dundee Hills and Willamette Valley in general being a great place to grow wine grapes, but it really wasn't explored until the 1960s. And the first person to plant grapevines in Dundee Hills was actually David Lett. He was he, living in California. He wanted to find a cooler site to grow Pinot Noir, and um, he did extensive research about this area and decided that the place to go was near the town of Dundee. In 1965, he bought a piece of property that would later become Irie Vineyards. And in 1966, he planted grapes there. And he planted specifically Pinot Noir. He continued on his work, and while others in the valley also started their work, their names are not quite as etched into history simply because uh, David Lett's wine was incorporated into a competition in Paris in 1979 where he entered a bottling of 1975 South Block Pinot Noir and he placed third in the Paris competition among all Pinot Noirs including the great wines of Burgundy. That was super impressive on its own. The same wine was then chosen by Robert Drouin of the Négociant and Domaine Drouin um, to be in a competition against only Grand Cru Pinot Noir uh, the next year in 1980 and in that competition it placed second. This sort of set the stage for David to become legendary, his wines to become highly sought after. I find it very interesting that the, his response to this great success of South Block Pinot Noir was that he took it off the market for 27 years. The results of this competition also definitely pushed Robert Drouin into the idea of, I'm going to explore Willamette Valley, I'm going to explore Dundee Hills, and in 1987 he established Domaine Drouin, Oregon, now known as DDO most of the time, and it's been going strong ever since, and Veronique Drouin runs the property today. So I would just want to bring up that Oregon is Oregon, Burgundy is Burgundy, but their similarities drove those involved to focus on Pinot Noir in Dundee Hills. This is a different expression of Pinot Noir and any other grape than you would find somewhere else, and part of it is, is location, right? But in the case of Pinot Noir specifically, Burgundy relies on calcareous-based soils, various forms of that, various layers of 
calcareous and limestone outcroppings, etc. But Dundee is volcanic basalt. Very different, completely different pH levels in the soil and all of that stuff that comes along with it. Burgundy and Dundee share similar latitude, but they have a different length of the growing season. Uh, Burgundy has a more compressed, um, higher spikes in, in temperature, uh, er, later bud break, earlier harvest than Dundee. Burgundy also has 50% of its rain happens through the summer, where almost where the majority of the rain for Dundee Hills happens in the winter. Dundee actually has an earlier bud break, later average verizon than Burgundy, and a lot of that has to do with its wider diurnal shift of temperature, which is a function of the cool air coming in the Van Duzer corridor, which in the afternoon cools off the majority of Willamette Valley and allows a larger change in temperature over the course of 24 hours, which extends the growing season. In addition to that, Burgundy has a more cloud-related summer, and Dundee Hills has a lot more pure days of sunshine, based on the idea that most of the rain falls in the winter. Winemaking will certainly play a part when you start to explore wines of either side of that equation, um, but there are some things we can kind of point to when we talk about uh, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, which is on the rise in Dundee Hills. So let's, let's start with Pinot Noir. You should expect it to have bright red fruits. Um, it can be quite perfumed and spiced. And I'm not talking about oak spice, a spice that's sort of derived from the basalt soils. And they tend to have a lighter color than some of their neighbors. Think elegance, and you are heading the right way. And also take a note that in the modern sense of Willamette Valley and certainly Dundee Hills, oak is usually a nuance more than a driver in this region. The wines don't need to be tamed by oak, they need to be accented by it. Chardonnay in Willamette Valley in general and Chardonnay in Dundee Hills is heading in a direction that we need to pay attention. It's refreshing. It's mouthwatering. It has minimal oak influence and a lovely pop of vibrant fruit that ranges from lemon to ripe apple to just ripe pineapple. Some of the wines will also deliver a secondary orange citrus or pitted fruit note. And all of this is sort of packaged up into a restrained weight and elegant texture because the region lets less wine go through malolactic transformation than other New World areas and picks ripe but not overripe grapes and leans on used oak, not new oak. So I hope this helps you get motivated to explore Dundee Hills as an appellation. Uh, check out the show notes because you're going to find some links to the Winery Association of the area and links to some producers that will definitely give you a really great idea of what to expect from Dundee Hills. Until next time.